Hello everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at iamcanvasativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at iamcanvasativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at Podcast. You can also check out and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM, iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Music Store, Pocket Casts, and other platforms like it. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs and spread this project throughout the United States and hopefully the entire planet. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon and support us. We plan on doing big things with our humble little projects, such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, doing on-field, and doing on-field work. By supporting us, it helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, and equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. Happy 420, everyone. It's 420 as of the time of this recording, and I hope you're having a very good one. As you can tell by the sound of my voice, I've already started indulging. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I just had a, um, I just had a, uh, animal mince blunt right now to start off 420. And, um, I'm probably going to roll another one when it gets closer to, uh, actual 420. Um, at the, as of the time of the recording right now, it's about 1.19 PM. So that's another, that's exactly another three hours. I'll roll that blunt in three hours. I really like Animal Mints. Animal Mints is a very underrated strain, and I'm going to do a strain review in in the next week or so, because I picked up a quarter quarter ounce of shake of Animal Mints, and I've also had a standalone flower. And like like I've said um, on this podcast, um, I've been I've been smoking cannabis for ten on and off for ten years, um, ten years this year, and. Um, Animal Mints still makes me feel like a novice, but in, in all the good ways, you know, all like sort of like the giggly sort of <laughs> like uh, laughing over nothing or whatever, you know, and, and just feeling sort of just that good euphoric high. And, um, and it, it still feels like the first time a little bit with this strain too. It's, it's, it's very good at, at packing a punch, but not a punch that's overwhelming, but a punch that's sort of fun. But, um, that's not why I'm, um, doing this episode. Um, the review, like I said, will come later in the week. It might even come tomorrow. Who knows? But, um, but I, I, I came across this, um, article, um, from Midnight Mass. And, um, I think, um, the, the Young Jerks, the, um, Boston cannabis-related show, they're affiliated with Midnight Mass. I think that's, that's... Um, Mike Crawford's outfit or, or, or his publication or something. I'm, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But, I mean, he has a very good podcast, um, The Young Jerks. And I would, I would rec- I'd recommend checking it out if you haven't. But there's this very good article that um, that um, reminds me of why, why, why I do what I do and why, uh, why I, I do this activism and why I do this podcast and why I'm trying to help others and, and trying to make it legal nationwide. You know, 
It's not. It's not. It's. I'm not. Ha- it's. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. Just having it legal in my state. You know, it's unfair to the. It's unfair to the other forty states. It's unfair to the other forty great people. All, all the other great great people in the forty other states that don't have adult use, or the um. Or now that we have thirty four medical, thirty three medical, it's unfair to the seventeen that don't have medical. You know, they still have needs just like you and me. You know, and I'm not going to stop fighting until everyone has access. And most importantly, the access has to be affordable. $50 per per eighth is not affordable to the average person. It just isn't. But um, let me read this article. And I, I might or might not give my commentary on the fly. Who knows? Um, so it's for Midnight Mass. And it's Bust Harm Homebound Patients. An interview with the founder of Massachusetts Patients for Home Delivery. Um, I'm not being I'm not being like paid or 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 um, being told to endorse them or anything. I just came across this article and I just I just felt it 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 cut across some very important topics. So I'm gonna read it. Grant Smith. Grant Smith of Belmont, Massachusetts, is a disabled patient advocate with a unique perspective on the value that unlicensed cannabis delivery services offer homebound patients. What follows is our interview with Smith about why he's pushing for big changes in the way the state licenses cannabis operators in Massachusetts. What, what medical conditions do you use medical cannabis for? I fell seriously disabled in May of 2014 due to complications following surgery. Sadly, my condition is causing my throat to collapse, which in turn affects nerves that run into my face and eye. I use cannabis in combination with other medications to help alleviate the agonizing facial facial neuralgia, which would otherwise leave me in tears nearly every waking moment of my life. Though the can, though through the use of cannabis, I've managed to reduce my daily dose of narcotic pain medication by over thirty percent. Beyond those issues, I also have bleeding disorder, which, in the absence of cannabis, would require treatment with steroids and other harmful medications. Wow, couldn't imagine dealing with that. You know, I I, I cry uncle when my my arthro- when my um gout and my arthritis flare up and. I can't, I, I, I can't really, like, I don't want to, like, leave my bed. I mean, I could leave my bed, but it's very uncomfortable. You know, I cry uncle, and I, I'm like, like, I can't do shit. But this guy has it so much worse, you know? It really puts things in perspective, you know? You know, in, in regards to what people are dealing with. You just found a new... Patient Organization. I founded the Massachusetts Patients for Home Delivery, MPHD, as a way to give voice to homebound slash disabled cannabis patients and consumers who rely on on small local companies and cannabis caregivers to obtain cannabis at a reasonable price. Sadly, many people who who are disabled are on a fixed income and the prices charged by brick and mortar dispensaries due to the due to the complex nature of regulations needed to open such an establishment can oftentimes amount to as much as 
40 to 50% of their monthly SSDI siphons. Again, this is why I do this podcast. I don't, I don't, and I'm I'm probably going to offend some people saying this. I don't really give a fuck about upper middle class people that could buy $200 ounces every week. Like, that's not the majority of people in the United States, you know? Many people are, you know, like, like I read this statistic on, on, on one of my favorite, on one of my favorite, like, politics podcasts. Like, some, it's a statistic, some, like, 50 or 60% of people don't have $400 in, don't have four, can't cover a $400 emergency, you know, and, and that really puts in perspective what the problems of, of wealth and income inequality and the fact that you know a lot of people are are paycheck to paycheck and and can't you know don't have a lot of money to spend on 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 getting a medical marijuana card when they're trying to raise their child or their children or they're or they're in a high cost of living state or whatever and half 60 percent of their paycheck goes to rent and you know, they ha- and then the rest of their paycheck goes to gas and, you know, groceries and, and maybe seeing a movie with some friends once or twice a month. And then that usually leaves very little left for a lot of people, you know. I mean, the people, like, and I want to quote, um, I'm going to paraphrase, um, you should follow him on Twitter if you haven't already. I'm going to paraphrase um, Dr. Carl Hart. Um, no, no, not Dr. Carl Hart, I'm mixing up, but he's, he's also medical, he's also a marijuana and, uh, psychiatrist and, and doctor as well, but I'm gonna paraphrase, um, Dr. Mike Hart, um, he, he's a, um, he's, he's a doctor on Twitter, and he, he's very pro-cannabis, and he's very, very smart, and he posts a lot of good motivational and uplifting things on Twitter, but let me paraphrase what, what he once said. He says that most often cannabis, the people that need cannabis the most are of low income and, and don't have a lot of money. And and it's really unfortunate because they're the ones that would benefit from cannabis the most. And cannabis should be available to everyone who everyone who could positively benefit from it. And I I sort of I sort of responded to his to that tweet saying saying that um, cannabis shouldn't just be for people who make the right amount of income or people who who have the who, who it shouldn't just only be for property owners and for people with the right jobs that don't drug test and he ended up liking my tweet but um i digress let me let me continue reading for this reason homebound and disabled patients have long gravitated towards smaller caregiver services and other mom and pop delivery operations due to their ability to offer their medication at a reasonable at a reasonable price point closer to 25% of one's monthly SSDI income however in spite of the wonderful service that these companies provide to those of us who are homebound there are some of us who view such there are some who view who view such services as a threat to their profits including some dispensary owners these dispensary owners with deep pockets and intricate political ties are in turn able to exert political pressure on on regulatory agencies in order to have smaller operations of that nature shut down 
While it is no doubt important to ensure that the laws of the Commonwealth are upheld and that services and dispensaries alike are operating in compliance with the regulations set forth by statute, MPHD at its core was founded to ensure that enforcement of those laws and regulations within the cannabis industry does not adversely impact accessibility and cost. Let me, let me repeat that. Accessibility and cost. For those in our society who are most vulnerable due to their physical and mental limitations and also their lack of voice in the political process. You lost a caregiver a few years ago due to law enforcement raid. How did that impact you? Yes, sadly the caregiver service I had used from the very beginning of my time as a medical marijuana patient was shut down late 2016, early 2017. I was quite upset and scared as a result, as it had taken more than two months to find service to be to find that service to begin with. Having to begin another from having excuse me having to begin another search for a caregiver while dealing with the flare-up in my symptoms was both terrifying and agonizing as i worried i would not be able to find another person willing to assist me with low-cost medication that was tested for impurities in desperation i began calling around to dispensaries only to find that i would be charged between $50 and $75 in delivery fees alone due to my location. Again, the struggle is real. Like, I like I looked into, like, delivery. Like, I had a period of time last year where I had car issues. And I was, I was, I was pretty, um... Was this... Yeah, yeah. So, so, latter half of 2017, like, like last few months of 2017 until mid-2018, I had car issues. I had mobility issues myself. I looked into the, the delivery services and like he's saying he's he's absolutely on the money like some dispensaries like you have to you have to have like a hundred dollar minimum order you know and again I mean when you look again when you look at the country you look at the fact that 50% of people can't cover a $400 emergency that that's just a bit much to ask from me from a lower to, to middle income person that's 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 highway robbery and it's especially highway robbery when someone has a when someone has is on social security disability for fuck's sake like how little compassion do you got that you can't cut that person a break if i were that dispensary i would waive the fee for that person and i would not i would not make them have a minimum order or I'd keep the minimum order at like fifty or something like that, not 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 one hundred or or one hundred and fifty dollars, you know. Like I go to these dispensaries and I see I see people. I mean, there are people that buy three hundred dollar ounces, you know. But I'm assuming these are people with 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 with, with very good white collar jobs, you know. Not everyone has that. You know, not everyone could 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 spend two hundred a week on on cannabis. You know, that's a car payment a week. That's not affordable. That's not tenable for every person. You know, he's he's totally on the money with these delivery services. You know, I've I've never I I never made I've never made use of them ever. You know. Anywho. With dispensaries out of the question, I had to spend more than three weeks searching before I was eventually able to find another caregiver 
who, to my surprise, waived all delivery fees for homebound and disabled patients. However, during that three-week period, I was left with no medical cannabis, and in turn, my doctor ended up increasing the dosage of another far more powerful and harmful medications. That entire process was frustrating, painful, and, and really opened my eyes as to how easily patients can fall by the wayside when cannabis regulations are enforced by police officers rather than civil regulators. I'm going to I'm going to read that entire sentence again because on the money again. The entire that entire process was frustrating, painful, and really opened my eyes to how easily patients can fall by the wayside when cannabis regulations are enforced by police officers rather than civil regulators. Cannabis, unlike alcohol, doesn't kill people. It doesn't cause hundreds and thousands of deaths every year. It does not cause um, large number of, um, of, of drunk driving deaths and fatalities. Cannabis does not cause that. And therefore, cannabis should be enforced on a civil level, not on a, on a police level. <sighs> okay, I'm going to go on another sort of A-side. Um, as you know, in Massachusetts, we have um, Governor Charlie Baker, who's a, a moderate Republican. He's part, he's part of that um, Rockefeller Republican tradition. So he's a very centrist Republican. But he still maintains um, the drug war tenets that almost all other Republicans had, he's, has, have. He has a D-plus from normal. And um, I remember when I first became a patient... A medical marijuana patient in 2017 all bud used to have a lot of gray market in dealers and caregivers and i had one and i had one that i used for a little bit but um but but baker being such a reefer madness guy did did raids did raids like this guy was talking about and all those things went by the wayside and the only the only things that were that 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 are, were left pretty much were were you going to the dispensaries so the dispensaries are kind of like a cartel here, you know, because we're so heavy handed with our black market in Massachusetts, it seems. And, you know, unlike unlike in California, where, you know, they had a very unregulated medical for 20 years and they had a thriving black market. So you didn't really have to have, a, have to be a patient to sort of get good marijuana that can help your symptoms. You know, you didn't have to get the card if you didn't want to. It was or if or if you did have a card you had an abundance of, of caregivers because it was so loosely regulated and laissez-faire but in massachusetts it's a polar opposite they they stomped out the black market as much as they humanly could and i mean there's still there's still a good black market but the but they stomped out a lot of delivery services that this guy that, that grant is talking about i i remember when they started doing that so I mean, I can track this. I can track this timeline perfectly because that lines that lines up to my timeline of using a caregiver, and then all of a sudden seeing the caregivers being gone. So, um, so let me let me finish. Why do you think? Why do you think? Or what do you think about the state house bill that aims to create a new cannabis law enforcement task force? For the reasons I had been discussing above, the potential negative 
impact on accessibility for homebound and disabled patients who rely on smaller cannabis delivery services. I have serious concerns about the task force bill that's currently being proposed by Senator Michael Moore. Name and shame both of them. Name and shame both of them. They their names need their name they need to be infamous. Senator Michael Moore uh, and and Rep Hannah Kane. They need to be they need to be infamous and they need to be voted out of office because what they are doing is harming sick people. They they are harming the most vulnerable in our society. Because of their contempt for, for a plant that has harmed no one. Let me finish. While I think that the bill is in spirit, in his spirit is attempting to be well-intentioned by trying to shut down the unregulated market. As, written, as it is written, sadly, provides no pathway or amnesty for services which are currently operating that may want to transition to the regulated market. Instead, rather, rather than opening up such a pathway... The current bill would focus resources on jailing and, imp and imposing back taxes on such services. As such, the proposed task force bill would end up serving as a form of regulatory capture for brick-and-mortar dispensaries by way of a return to failed drug war policies. Again, like I, like I mentioned a couple episodes, this is, this is a repeat. Massachusetts is, is copying Canada right now. Like almost almost letter by letter with like the things you're hearing about Canada Canada's uh you know, supply shortage, you know, their crackdowns on, on caregiver and black market providers, you know, their barriers of entry to get in, in into the traditional market, you know, them playing favorites with, with certain people and you know, them sort of just licensing just big money and interests and not, not the pioneers that got us the way that we're where we are now. And as a result, they don't have the amount of weed that they need, and the little weed that they do have, they're they're being charged through the nose. It's like a it's a very analogous situation. It really is. Massachusetts and Canada are kind of bro are kind of brothers and sisters right now, you know. Let me let me finish. Let me drive home the article. It would end up serving as a form of regulatory capture for brick and mortar dispensaries by way of return to the failed dr drug war policies. And in my view, government should never be used to advance, to advance the profits of moneyed interests in that way. Beyond that, the proposed law would undermine the fundamental goals for the Cannabis Control Commission, which are to engender equitable access to the industry for all business, not just those with the power to hire, to hire not just not just those with the power to to hire for, former state lawmakers as the executive director of their industry association as such i will be opposing sd 2387 and encouraging others to do so unless and until it is amendment amended to offer a pathway slash amnesty for small businesses who are value who are currently assisting vulnerable patients and consumers if those ser if those services seek to apply for a license in front of the CCC to pr to protect medical to protect the medical cannabis program mass patient advocacy alliances lobbying to ban discounts for rec patients what do you think about that stance 
I have just I have just today learned of the proposal put forth by others as to banning the use of discounts within the recreational market as a way to discourage for-profit dispensaries from enticing medical from enticing medical patients to transition to said recreational market. To me, while I think the problem is correctly identified, the risk of patients being pulled away from the non-profit medical program in in search in search of short-term discounts in the for-profit recreational sphere. The proposed solution misses the root of the core structural deficiency, the inherent conflict that exists when a single company is able to run both a non-profit medic medical discipline disciplinarians and for a for-profit recreational dispensary simultaneously. In that in that way, much like the response to Senator Glass to the catastrophe that occurred when investment and deposit banks were allowed to operate under the same roof in the 1920s, I would suggest that that there there would instead be a proposal put forth which would ban any single company from owning both a medical dispensary and a recreational dispensary. That such conflict of interest is allowed to exist under current law to me, and is perhaps the best example as to why small mom and pop companies are best served to uphold the interests of patients rather than their own profits. What do you hope to achieve with MPHD? My goal for Massachusetts patients for home delivery is to provide an honorable voice for those who, due to physical or other limitations, may be unable to participate in the political process as it relates to regulation of cannabis industry. For me, success would mean an infrastructure wherein no regulation or proposal would go forward in the cannabis industry absent consideration of its potential impact on accessibility for those with limited mobility and other disabilities. You were nominated for several awards at the Young Jerks Award Show. Tell us about what that show and award nominations mean to you. Anything you want to share with the Young Jerks five-year anniversary? I'm honored and humbled to have been nominated in multiple categories for the fifth up for the for the up for the excuse me for the upcoming fifth anniversary gala for the Young Jerks on April the 27th on the Down Road Beer on the Down Road Beer Company to be listed alongside individuals who I consider to be heroes within the world of cannabis activism by a show I consider to be the premier source of information about the industry in Massachusetts leaves me nearly speechless. I am eternally grateful to those who are willing to give a platform to those views for the disabled, and it brings me near to the verge of tears to know that that voice is being heard in the wider community as well. The Young Jerks will also have a special place in my heart, as it was the first media outlet which took my call listened to my story, and gave me a, a voice when my caregiver was shut down all those years ago. Without that initial springboard, I may have never found my footing as an activist for the disabled, and that, and that's, and that support is something I will never forget. Although this is slightly difficult for me to talk about, I was in a very dark place after f falling disabled. Having been taken off a career path, I, th I thought to have been my vocation. 
it was really only due to the encouragement I received from everyone involved with the Young Jerks and the wider cannabis community that I slowly began to rebuild my self-worth and sense of place in the world. I say, I say it perhaps more than I should, but the Young Jerks is the embodiment of everything that makes the Massachusetts cannabis community so special. Integrity, honor, and a bulldog-like approach to issues which other outlets won't touch. I hope that the Young Jerks is around for many decades to come, and I'm honored to have been part of the ride. End of article. I, I don't, I don't think I have too much more to add than 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 I, I feel that more of those stories need to be told. You know, this is why this is why 420 protests and 420 celebrations, like like pride parades, still need to happen. You, you know, we live in a state where we have adult use. Yet cannabis is fifteen a gram, fifteen a gram for a medical patient. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of flipping money. And to have, and if you're, if, and, and God forbid you're on Social Security, like even even an eighth, even an eighth of an ounce is, is can be a huge part of your budget. Even a sixty dollar eighth could take up a huge amount of, or a certain portion of your Social Security disability income, or. Or quarter of an ounce of paying a hundred bucks, like I mean, that's nuts. But um, I mean, I don't. He everything he said, everything he said, and every every point he made is just on the money. I don't think I have anything else more to add. Um, and as always, stay medicated, my friends, and enjoy your four twenty. Peace.